Whether your beer is in a bottle, can, or glass, kick back and relax. It's Better on Draft. Welcome, everybody, to the Michigan Beer Series of Better on Draft. Episode number 42. My name is Ken. Thank you so much for joining us. I truly appreciate it. We are back in the saddle after a week off for the Fall Beer Festival here in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, it's just me and Wendy today, so let's see what Wendy... Wendy, what are you drinking? Oh, you're, you're playing the, the show in your background. Remember, we're live. I know. I usually have it have it muted. So I am drinking a Boston lager today, um, and I'm going to tell you why. So, you know, I spend a little bit of time on TikTok now and uh, that whole girl math thing has been going crazy and I've never really understood it, but I think I finally have it figured out. I stopped in at Kroger the other day to pick up something they didn't have at Aldi's and I saw that they had the Boston Lager on sale for, it was $14.99 for a 12 pack, a six pack is $10.99 and there was also a rebate for $3, right? So... I had to purchase the 12 pack because you got the $3 rebate because it made your 12 pack $11.99. So basically I got a six pack of beer for a dollar, which is basically free. So <laughs> there we go. Oh, that is our Wendy. I believe it. I love it. Uh, I am here for the girl math for sure. Uh, it's fun when you get into things like when uh, say, oh, here's a new pair of earrings. It's, uh, you know, a thousand dollars, but there's two of them. So they're five hundred dollars each. And then if you wear them, you know, every single day for three years straight, that's already basically like 25 cents a day, which is practically free. So that's that's girl math and uh, everything. I had did not girl math. I have the Juneteenth, uh, twenty twenty three or twenty twenty two. One of the two from Arctic Circle Brewing. Um, I think that says sixteen percent on there. Um, I don't know if it's a ten or a sixteen. Uh, but I'm pressing my luck because I'm gonna follow that up with the Infusion A Coffee Porter from Hoppin' Frog over in Ohio. I had a blast touring some Ohio breweries this past weekend as well, uh, which we'll talk about later on. But we have someone to talk about our home, our native land of Michigan, Michigan beer, specifically Grand Rapids. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, who you are, and of course, what you're drinking. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Keith Patterson uh, from Manitou Films, and uh, I'm the director and executive producer of a documentary mini series called Beer City USA. And uh, just want to thank you guys for having me um, tonight. I'm drinking the poet by New Holland, uh, just kind of like a mainstay for kind of like a wintertime beer for me. And the weather's getting cold, so just thought I'd pick up a six pack and enjoy it with you guys tonight. Well, before we get into your upcoming documentary, which we'll have a lot of uh, questions about, I want to hear a little bit about your history. How did you get into uh, the movie making business? What is Manitou? You know, what got you into the industry? What did get you started? Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I was born and raised in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, I went to the University of Michigan uh, for film and video studies. Um, and then I moved out to Los Angeles. Uh, I was out there for about 15 years. Uh, I was a producer and post-production supervisor in scripted television, uh, so comedies and dramas uh, for ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, The CW, USA, Lifetime, E, uh, ABC Family, Nat Geo, and Disney XD. So kind of did that for a long time, um, worked a lot of hours, and then just really wanted to move back to West Michigan and start a family. 
Um, so moved back here about six years ago. Um, I run a creative advertising agency called Creagency. And, uh, and then I started Manitou Films two years ago uh, with the intention of making a documentary television series. Um, so that's kind of my story. You said document television series. So is there more in the pipeline? Is this your first one? Or where, where does Beer City USA land in this timeline? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the first project that I did through Manitou Films uh, was a television pilot uh, called Spirit of the National Parks uh, that we produced up in Sleeping Bear Dunes. Um, and actually, actually going to be taking that to film festivals uh, over the course of the next year. And then uh, Beer City USA is the second project. Um, we're about, I would say, 30% of our way through production right now. Um, and I have a third show called Shipwrecks of the Great Lakes uh, that's just in development right now. So pretty early on. Plenty of content. And I think a lot of people in Michigan, you know, the the stories of Lake Superior, the rough waters um, are always very, very interesting. But what made you choose uh, these? Is it all because it's Michigan centric or do you have a, a love for these kinds of topics? Yeah, I definitely love telling stories about Michigan. Uh, it's my hometown. Um, and I think what what all three series have in common is they're all um, hybrid genres. So it's part historical documentary and part travel series. Um, so it's just kind of a, a genre that I'm really interested in doing. And I love history. Um, I love being able to shoot in these really cool places. Um, so yeah, just having a great time. Now, before I go on to my next question, I do have to ask, uh, are you familiar with who Connor Stallions is for University of Michigan? Uh, I am, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> are I'm you taking part in anything that he's been doing, um, you know, uh, supposedly, allegedly filming and recording uh, the signs of other teams? Uh, I, I can categorically deny Anything to do with uh, Connor Stallion's scheme uh, about filming the sidelines of uh, other teams. But, All right. Uh, well, you you heard it here first. Just because he said he went to U of M does not mean he condones uh, what Mr. Stallions may or may not have done. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that our rival fan bases are having fun with it, but I don't think it's going to turn out to be the the big scandal that everybody uh, thinks it might be. So. I'm just here for the tea. I've been enjoying the, the talk radio around it and, of course, the Facebook posts. Uh, but let's get into uh, a little bit about your documentary. So it's Beer City USA, uh, which is about Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, what is the story, if you can give us like the 30-second the clip, why is Grand Rapids considered Beer City USA? Sure. So um, many people in your audience might know that uh, we won – a couple of online polls back in 2012 and 2013 uh, that Charlie Papazian uh, put on. Um, and it was a national poll to determine who was the best beer city in the country. Um, in 2012, we actually tied it with Asheville, North Carolina. And then in 2013, we won it outright. Um, and it's just something that um, I think the citizens of Grand Rapids really rallied around. Uh, obviously everybody voted enough that we won that title, but then um you know, like our, our convention and tourism bureau, Experience Gun Rapids, uh, really got behind that brand and promoting it, marketing it, um, and really bringing a lot of beer tourists into our city. Um, so it's been a great thing. 
Um, you know, we used to be Furniture City back in the day. Uh, that was what we was known for. And um, and today, I think everybody's pretty proud uh, that we hold the title of Beer City. Do you get any feedback as you're going or making the rounds? I've seen you on a lot of news channels. Uh, obviously, you're on the Internet. Um, any feedback that's potentially negative because Grand Rapids um, you know, was Beer City 10 years ago and not necessarily people feel that way today? No, I don't think so. And and actually, it turns out like USA Today readers polls um, have named us best beer scene and best beer city uh, almost every other year um, going back these last 10 years, including we just won uh, best beer city again this year from USA Today. So it is something that um, it's keep we're keeping it alive. And uh, that's one of the goals of this documentary, too, is just to it, it you know, it's one thing to to read it um, in USA Today. Um, and it's another thing to actually go through a documentary medium to go and actually experience what these breweries are like and learn about the history of the city and all that. Well, you said the history of the city and your first episode is going to go over a lot of the history of Grand Rapids Brewing. Um, what are some finer points that fans are going to learn, uh, when they watch your, you know, documentary here, um, as it gets released? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because as I mentioned, I'm really interested in history myself. Um, and I learned a lot about the history of our city um, when I was doing my research for this. A um, couple of stories. So the brewing industry started in Grand Rapids in the 1830s uh, by a guy named John Pinnell. Um, he was an English immigrant. Um, there was only a couple hundred people in this little village uh, on the Grand River back at the time. And uh, almost as soon as people moved here, um, he started just this single barrel brewery. Um, probably wasn't very good uh, in terms of the quality of the beer. Um, you know, the uh, cleanliness wasn't up to the standards of today and things like that. Um, about maybe a decade later, um, a guy named Christoph Kuster, um, who was a formerly trained brewer from Germany, moved into town. Um, he and John Pinnell worked together for a while. And then Christoph Kuster ended up buying him out um, and rebranding it. Uh, it was called City Brewery. Um, so as the decades went on um, and the city grew, there were um, a number of other breweries that popped up. Um, a lot of them were from the G German immigrant community. Um, but it also turns out um, with the invention of refrigerated rail cars, um, suddenly you could transport your beer much, like really far distances across the country. And Anheuser-Busch came into town and they built an ice house in downtown Grand Rapids. And that building actually still stands. Um, they were kind of undercutting the price of beer. And the only way that, uh, that the local breweries could survive um, is they merged together. So the six largest breweries merged together and they formed uh, what they called the Grand Rapids Brewing Company in 1893. And they built a kind of like a Bavarian castle style um, brewery. Um, and it had a capacity of 600,000 barrels. Um, I believe at the height, they were brewing 250,000, um, which is just slightly smaller than Founders is today. Um, so it was a it was a really big enterprise. And they were actually doing the same thing. They were shipping their beer. Uh, their flagship beer was called Silver Foam. And they were shipping it all over the Midwest. And at the time, 
um, in the late 19th century, they were a rival to Anheuser-Busch. So um, I think a lot of people don't know that, even people that live in Grand Rapids, but we had a really thriving beer industry before Prohibition. So I thought that was super interesting. And that is uh, just a few of the stories that we're going to cover. I too am fascinated by the history, so I'm really excited to see it. Um, I was looking over the um, the crowd sharing page, and I noticed that one of the goals for the documentary is to celebrate diversity, equity, and inclusion by showcasing a variety of interwoven storylines and featured interviews. Can you give us an example of how you'll do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, diversity, equity, and inclusion is really important to us. Um, as a lot of people know, um, you know, it's the the brewery industry itself is not super diverse, even when it comes to women. Um, but we're, we've really taken an active role to go out and, and really find all of the possible stories in West Michigan. Uh, minority brewery owners like uh, Edwin at City Built, um, Ramsey Louder, who is the head brewer at, at the new Grand Rapids Brewing Company. Um, we have members of the LGBT community. Um, and when we talk about intersecting storylines, um, you know, we'll just take Ramsey for ex an example. Um, he's the head brewer at Grand Rapids Brewing Company, uh, but he was also paired uh, with a really great home brewer uh, named Ian Purvis, um, who's the president of Primetime Home Brewers. Um, so if you guys know what the, maybe I'll just explain what the Pro-Am Festival is for, for people that don't know it. Um, they take um, award-winning home brewers and they have a lottery at the beginning of the summer where they draw names out of a hat and they pair those homebrewers with breweries. They come up with a recipe, brew it over the summer. Uh, it gets judged. And then um, they announce the winners at the Brews at the Calder Festival, uh, which we, we filmed that whole process. We filmed the lottery, the homebrewing, the judging, and we filmed the festival. Um, that took place on September 30th. Uh, it was a really cool event. And... Um, you know, one of the things that uh, that we want out of our documentary is to see these characters interacting with each other. Another main theme of ours is um, how our city has such a great collaboration between the breweries, between the breweries and the home brewing community, and really just everybody wants each other to succeed. Um, rising tide raises all ships, and uh, and that is really really the case um, in the brewing industry in West Michigan. It's probably not the case in in most other industries, you don't really want your your competitors uh, to, to be thriving. But man, I've heard so many stories about, you know, our refrigeration, like our refrigerator went down and I called my, my neighbor brewery and they said, bring your kegs over. You know what I mean? Like that's just not a really common thing that you see in business. So um, just another kind of cool theme that ties everything together. That's actually one of my favorite parts about the whole beer industry is that there is a, so much of that collaboration going on. Um, I did notice, too, that you're going to be focusing um, a whole episode on the homebrewing. How did that come about? Yeah, I mean, we really have a thriving homebrewing community in West Michigan. And, um, you know, as you know, a lot of the homebrewers end up going on to become head brewers um, at the breweries. Um and yeah, it's just a really cool thing that all the clubs, uh, the, the three, the three biggest ones in Grand Rapids are Primetime, Brusquitos and Rivertown and, uh, just really cool people. Um, they get together generally once a month. Um, some of them do competitions, 
Um, they're really just all trying to help each other uh, become better brewers and, you know, giving each other feedback and tasting notes and things like that. And I just thought it was just a really cool kind of subculture uh, to cover it. Um, and, you know, we really, our goal for this too is to be kind of the definitive story of beer in, in our community. And uh, they're, they're obviously um, one of the lifebloods um, that, that make it all thrive. What was it that uh, made you decide this was the documentary that you wanted to do as one of you, as your second series? Is it, do you have a beer background? I don't really, other than just being a beer lover, I've always loved beer. Um, I will say when I lived in Los Angeles, um, for the majority of the time that I lived out there, it was hard to get Michigan beer. Um, you know, when I, when I started seeing bells and founders, show up in some of the specialty shops and then eventually show up on some of the taps around town. It's something that got people really excited. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people from Michigan out there. I remember going to a lot of weddings and different events, uh, birthdays and things where people would literally fly out kegs of Oberon and things like that. Um, just because, you know, we're, we're loyal to, to our brands. And, um, if it's scarce, it makes you want it even more. Um, so every time I would come back, you know, uh, I'd go get a two hearted be one of my first things that I would do. Um, but to answer your question about how I chose this, um, I was really looking for some kind of story, some kind of long form story to tell about the history of our city. And honestly, it was the fir very first thing that popped into my mind because that's what we are. We're beer city USA. It's something that, that we do really well. It makes us unique. Um, it's a cool subject matter with really colorful characters. And uh, it was really just kind of a no brainer. What has your favorite interview been so far? Oh, um, I don't really want to pick a favorite one um, because there have been so many good ones. Um, just to name a few, I think uh, Dave Engbers from Founders uh, is just a really interesting story. Um, all of the struggles that they went through before they really kind of blew up um, entrepreneurship struggles and conflict. Um, that's kind of where our conflict comes from um, in the documentary, what it takes to start a brewery and what it takes to grow it that big. Um, I would say uh, mayor Rosalind bliss was a really great interview. Um, she just really every line she gave us is something usable and just with a great performance. Um, Molly Daniels, uh, who is a professor at Grand Rapids Community College, and she's also one of the brewers at Railtown uh, Brewery. Um, she's just fantastic. And we've kind of become friends since then, too. So, um, yeah, just, um, yeah, I, I don't want to leave anybody out either. We've we filmed about 30 hour long interviews so far. Um, we have about 70 hours of footage and that we've shot in 11 days. Um, we're going to be shooting another probably 20 to 30 more days before it's all done. Um, so got a couple of shoots coming up. Uh, we're, we're shooting Hopcat on uh, November 22nd, the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, we're going to be shooting Perrin pretty soon. Uh, we're going to be up in Bel Air shooting Short's 20th anniversary uh, in April. So excited about that one too. And uh, going back to Grand Rapids Community College in January for their new semester. So yeah, very exciting. It's it's really been a fun project to work on. I can imagine. So it can't be cheap to do a project like this. 
So uh, there is a crowd share um, on Indiegogo. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, the the Indiegogo campaign, um, people probably know like Kickstarter and things like that. It's very similar uh, platform. It's specifically for uh, indie filmmakers generally. Um, there are some other projects on there um, that don't fit that criteria, but um, most indie filmmakers uh, use Indiegogo. Um, so it seemed like a, a pretty good place to to put our crowdfunding campaign. Um, the The other portion of it that um, that we've actually raised the vast majority of our money through is through corporate sponsorships. So um, Experience Grand Rapids, uh, Lake Michigan Credit Union, the Beer City Brewers Guild, um, and a number the Grand Rapids Public Museum, um, and a number of other businesses have have uh, come on as corporate sponsors. So, um, so yeah, I would encourage your audience if if you want to support us um, on the Indiegogo campaign, uh, we're giving away a bunch of uh, Mitten State apparel and beer glasses and tickets to the cast and crew screening and uh, even a uh, special thanks screen credit at, at the highest level there. Uh, so we'd be very grateful if anybody wants to contribute. Um, I would also say. If anybody um, has a business um, that wants to come on as a corporate sponsor, uh, you can go to beercityusa.tv uh, for more information on that. Fantastic. So do you have anything coming up? So every now and then I get a little um, fangirlish when we interview somebody. So I'm just wondering, is there anybody that you have scheduled to talk to that you're kind of like, Whoa! I, I'm I'm meeting with Brett Vanderkamp from New Holland next Thursday as kind of like do, just to do a pre-interview and scout with them, and uh, I haven't haven't actually met him in person yet, so I am really looking forward to that. New Holland also is just you know everybody I'm sure everybody knows who they are, uh, just a really important part of the fabric of the brewing industry in West Michigan and. Uh, Really, really looking forward to working with those guys too. So you've mentioned a couple of breweries outside of Grand Rapids. Um, mm-hmm. I know the focus is Beer City. Are you going to expand a little bit outside of that, I guess? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say the majority of the breweries that we're going to be filming are in the city of Grand Rapids or the surrounding suburbs. Uh, but we are covering Bells. Uh, we're covering New Holland. Uh, New Holland does have a location in the city of Grand Rapids as well. Uh, but we're also going to do shorts and Saugatuck and and some other some other breweries just in in West Michigan um, that are kind of you know maybe not in the Grand Rapids proper but certainly a part of the fabric of uh, the brewing industry in West Michigan. Better on draft is made possible thanks to our sponsor North Center Brewing in Northville, Michigan. Open Tuesday to Sunday, North Center provides a fun atmosphere with amazing beer. Try their Bobby English while playing shuffleboard or wash down their classic Reuben sandwich with a glass of painkiller. Find them online at northcenterbrewing.com. Better on Draft is sponsored by Zatuna Liquor. Located on Rochester Road in Rochester Hills, go visit Jack and see why he is known as one of the best beer and bourbon stores in the state. A large variety of singles, wine, booze, and snacks, Zatuna Liquor is your one-stop shop before a party. Better on Draft is sponsored by Craftapt. Currently located in 11 states, including Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, Craftapt is a monthly subscription that pays for itself after just one visit to your local brewery. Use the code BOD at checkout and receive 15% to any membership, not just for Michigan fans. 
For Michigan fans, get 50% off your first two pints at each venue you go to, including Better on Draft-sponsored North Center Brewing and 2022 March Draftness winner Copper Hop in St. Clair Shores. Ken, do we want to um, show the audience a sizzle reel? Would this be a good time to do that? Yeah, sure. Let's okay. uh, let's get it going, and then we'll come back on the other end of it to uh, continue the interview. This is the sizzle reel. Uh, thanks to Keith for allowing us to show it on here. Yeah, sure. A sizzle reel is um, kind of like an industry term for a trailer of a project that hasn't been completed yet. So uh, this is kind of a trailer from what we've shot so far. Beer encompasses humanity. It encompasses history. It's a social beverage. It brings people together. It is a little bit of human history in every glass. The beer scene in Grand Rapids started slowly, and then all of a sudden it seemed like the snowball got rolling. In 2013, Grand Rapids, Michigan became known as Beer City USA as a result of a national poll. Grand Rapids beer has just exploded, and the beer boom is real. We went from zero breweries in Michigan to nearly 80 craft producers right here in, in Beer City on its own. You guys, come on in. Enjoy a beer. We've been really lucky and fortunate. Founders has grown to be one of the top 10 largest breweries in the United States. But so many other people that had similar passions were doing this a century ago. People had forgotten the names that were giants in this town. There's just such a great history of the beer industry in Grand Rapids. It's something that we should all relish. So this is a chromolithograph of the original brewery. The Grand Rapids Brewing Company really exerted its dominance in the market. And it was such a premier product that it was distributed all over the Midwest. Prohibition was a death knell. That's really the beginning of a severe downturn of beer in Grand Rapids that lasted for most of the 20th century. The Prohibition not just left a scar, but left a legacy that enabled the craft beer boom in the 1980s. Home-brewed beer is something people are getting immersed in. Lovely. The home-brewing industry started as a hobby. Larry Bell was very influential. There's no question. I started drinking Larry's beer when I was you know, 17. I don't know how Bell's couldn't have inspired all of the breweries that came later. There's a lot of scars in this. <laughs> I instantly felt like I owed people money. We flirted with bankruptcy for years. I said, if any bank's going to chain our doors shut, we're going to make this work. So we had this set of bolt cutters. The idea that you can create something that you love and share it with other people, I think it's at the heart of the American dream. Here we are at Grand Rapids Community College. This is our state-of-the-art brewing system. Love the combination of the science, the math, the art. Making beers that were bigger, older, and we just threw away the rule book. One of the things that we really specialize in is pairing food and beer. If you really do it well, it's something that can really kind of blow people's minds. You can see I made a giant barley soup. One of the things that I love about home brewing, I never feel that I've made the perfect brew, and I think my best beer is still ahead of me. What makes Grand Rapids Beer City USA is the camaraderie that we all share. 
It is that collaboration. Everybody's in it together. A rising tide raises all ships. The Mitten Brewing Company's mission statement has always been to be a neighborhood craft brewery with a conscience. We love our neighborhood. We love the community that we're building. It's an honor to come here to Grand Rapids Brewing Company and make beer every day. Knowing the history of this place, it's still here through prohibitions and pandemics, you know, it was still standing. I love beer because it brings people together. It doesn't have to be this momentous occasion. Every day is a celebration that we're here. And it doesn't have to be expensive, but, you know, it has to be great. Uh, an amazing uh, preview for sure. One of the things, especially if you've been following Better on Draft for the past eight years that we've been doing this, that you would recognize so many people on that from uh, Linus over at Three Gatos to Edwin from City Built. Uh, plenty of familiar faces. And these are the people that do build the industry and make the industry very welcoming. Um, you definitely got a lot of great uh, people to bring that in. Um, so I'm excited for you to continue to build this up. My my question to you is, is that so so we just watched that and there definitely felt like there was a lot of home brewing in that. And you actually have a home brewing episode uh, that's going to be focusing on Grand Rapids. I'm guessing primetime brewers and other brewers guilds in the Grand Rapids area. But what made you want to focus on home brewing when it almost feels like it's more of a um commercial documentary based on the more the commercialized version of beer? Oh, well, I would definitely say it's both. Um, you know, it's, it's the home brewing community. It's the breweries themselves. It's entrepreneurship. Um, it's, you know, the Grand Rapids community college brewing program has been just done wonderful things for our brewing industry. Uh, people can go in and, and take, uh, uh, you know, those classes for a couple of years and get a certificate and get an internship. It's a pretty direct path to, uh, to working in the brewing industry. Um, also, you know, we're, we're interviewing city leaders and economists and historians, and we really just want to capture everything that's cool about, um, you know, beer really in general. Um, so I think it would be weird, honestly, if we left out home brewing. Um, it's, it's just such, such a, a cool culture of people. And one of the things that I was thinking about when I was watching, I mean, I've seen that thing that sizzle reel a million times, but um, I've really made a lot of friends uh, in the last year that I've been filming and it's cool to show up to a festival and everybody knows who you are. And I know all those guys now and they're all excited that we're there and I'm excited to be able to help tell their stories. So it's been really fun. Has any of the homebrewing organizations or even the brewers gotten you into homebrewing yourself? That's a great question. It's funny because when I when I first started doing research, I'm like, oh, I should get into homebrewing. And then uh, after I saw the process when when you know people are doing it really well, um, Andrew Perry was the guy that um, he's just kind of got a mad scientist lab in his outbuilding on his property, um, and I got a little um overwhelmed by the amount of time that it would take and and all those things and i know you can buy a kit um and start simply and that's probably what what how i'm going to try it but uh haven't done it yet um 
you know, I've got a, I've got a one and a half year old at home. I've got a creative advertising agency and I've got a television documentary that I'm working on. So not a, not a ton of extra time, but I definitely will try it uh, before we're done here. One thing that I want to impart, especially on the the folks that are looking into home brewing, we had Julia Hers on our show uh, about a year, year and a half ago. She's actually the president of the American Homebrewers Association. And when we talked to her about what what you kind of saw within the the video, like the all grain build, you're putting in a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of um, product in there versus extract. And anything that gets you to brew and home brew and take part of it is a positive experience. Um, and with having a young child, but all these other things, a lot of brewing is kind of like setting it up and waiting. And you mm-hmm. can you you get all this time in between, so you should be able to. Uh, I'm, I'm going to push you a little bit to go to go buy a kit. Um, you know, we, we don't want to mention them because they're, you know, they, they definitely are owned by the overlords that is Anheuser-Busch, but Northern Brewer, um, does a great job with kits. You can buy all these products at any home brewing, uh, either website or actual homebrew site, like a physical store itself, and you'll be able to go in. So I'm, I'm going to push you a little bit that by the time we see you at the winter beer fest in February, uh, that you will have told us that you at least have one batch cooking. You know what, Ken? I think that's a great goal. I'm going to take you up on that. It's it's uh, it's been uh, I've been pushing it off too long, so I'll, I'm definitely going to do it. Well, we talked about the uh, Winter Beer Fest. You actually talked about Calder Fest, which is the Calder Cup, the homebrew pro am over in Grand Rapids. Are you reaching out to any other beer festivals, events, anything like that to cover during your uh, time, uh, recording. Yeah. Um, I don't have any current plans to shoot more festivals. I think we did. We've, we've done a really good job in capturing the pro-am. Uh, we did cover the winter beer fest, uh, back in February last year. Um, I suppose we could, we could shoot it again. Uh, but I do think, you know, we do have, uh, budget constraints. Um, you know, we don't have an unlimited budget. We've been raising money as we go. Um, we've raised a hundred thousand dollars out of a, a goal of three hundred thousand to finish the series. Um, so yeah, I think it would just depend. And, and as far as including any more festivals, um, it would just depend on on how much money we raise and and how many more days we can shoot. So there are uh, there is one coming up right now in Grand Rapids. I don't know if you're going to be able to make it because I believe it's only in two weeks. But it's the Grand Rapids. Um, I believe it's Wine and Spirits Festival. Mm-hmm. which they do some beer uh, like they have their own beer area, but it's definitely a great thing. And the one thing you'll get in there is, is that you'll see the inter productional community because you're going to get your new Highland, which also does spirits and um, all these other breweries that do spirits, but you're going to be able to see all these organizations that kind of work in the same alcohol sector and bond together, talk together, collab together, especially uh, when a lot of these places that like breweries might not have their own wine. So they need to buy wine and bond or booze and bond uh, that they can sell insight. So definitely a suggestion, even if you go there as a fan, buy a ticket even for the winter beer fest go as a fan you know i've i've worked so many of these festivals that you don't get that fan experience festival experience because you're like oh i gotta go see linus over at tent one to say hi at three gatos and then levi who's in tent four with archival um make sure you at least take some fun into this we we are going to be there um 
uh, Jeremiah Zimmerman, who's the president of the Beer City Brewers Guild, uh, got me a booth uh, with the breweries. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the documentary. I don't have any plans to shoot it, but we are going to be there doing outreach towards the public, fundraising, and really just hanging out and have a good time with everybody. So I'm, I'm really excited about that one. Well, then I don't need to sell you on it anymore. <laughs> uh Okay, sorry. Somebody uh, actually posted in our YouTube page. We do record live every single Friday, 7, 15 p.m. Eastern, uh, saying that AB divested from Northern Brewer a few years ago. So I'm guessing they're okay. So you can go buy your Northern Brewer kit and not feel guilty about um, supporting Anheuser-Busch. As much as we don't love or hate uh, the organization, some people want to buy local. Some people want to support craft. Uh, so we want to make sure we give them the proper information uh but let's let's learn a little bit about you real quick uh you're drinking the poet that's a great beer what are some of your favorite styles beers that kind of things that kind of get you going when you go to a hop cat like what are you looking for sure um i really do like a variety of styles um obviously ipas um i do like hazy ipas i like porters and stouts uh, but really in the last, I'd say in the last few months, I've really been going back to lagers and, uh, Weiss beers. Um, it's something that, um, you know, like more traditional style, the, um, the Cooster original at Cedar Springs Brewing Company is one of my favorite beers now. And, um, it's been cool to, to work with Dave Ringler on this and, um, yeah, it's just super clean not you know obviously only four ingredients and um man it's delicious it's amazing what they can do with just four ingredients yeah a lot of people including linus will make sure you know like his beer is ryan heights kaboot um if you got a good interview with him um his training is just so crazy coming from brazil moving to germany and then of course opening up where nitzigan used to be which is now three gatos uh but i'm gonna pass it back to wendy uh she is uh, ready to ask you a few more questions. So I'm just curious if there's a story that you can share with us to kind of give us a little peek at what's to come. Oh, um, in terms of like what we're going to be shooting or, yeah. um, yeah, so we're going to be shooting another, probably 15 breweries, um, and yeah, just more, more historians, more city leaders, economists. Um, uh, we're also doing a lot of lifestyle shooting. So um, like this winter, we're, we really want to um, paint a picture of what it's like to live and enjoy beer in West Michigan. So it's not just sitting in a tap room. It's doing all the things that you would do in your normal life. I mean, uh, ice skating and, and uh, skiing, like downhill skiing, and then go and have a beer in the lodge. Uh, ice fishing that'll be this winter and a number of other ones um you know obviously the the lake culture is really big here in the summertime uh so we're going to be doing a lot of lifestyle shooting around those um and really kind of you know seeing these beers in their in their natural environment um so so yeah um you know in terms of the production um you know we're we, we will hopefully be done shooting in june or july and then um, it's going to take us four to six months to edit it. Um, so we're going to be uh, aiming for January of 2025 to have it completed. Uh, then we're going to be taking it to film festivals and then partnering with a sales agency to get domestic and international distribution, hopefully on a major streaming service. 
well, that was going to be my next question, but I do have a quick question. I do wonder, um, what is it that you think makes a good beer city? Well, first the beer. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think variety too. I mean, for, for me as a beer lover, uh, to be able to, to have so many breweries all within a certain distance, uh, with so many different styles and, you know, there's, a I, I, I'm not, a um, I don't have a gluten intolerance, but there's a brewery Nix, which makes all gluten-free beer, um, you know, and there, there's breweries that specialize in IPAs, uh, Cedar Springs, as we talked about, um, is doing German styles and things like that. Um, so really, yeah, just a variety. Also just a really welcoming community. You know, we're all Midwesterners and that's kind of what we do. We welcome people in. We're, we're really friendly to people and, um, um, not cynical. Um, I, I'm, I try not to be cynical in my life and I don't want my work to, to show any of that stuff either. Uh, Beer City USA, it's we're we're not looking for any controversy. Um, like as I mentioned, the conflict uh, in the documentary is going to come from entrepreneurship struggle struggles, uh, but also outside uh, challenges like prohibition and the COVID nineteen pandemic, um, and how breweries responded to that. Um, so so yeah, it's again it's it's part historical documentary. So we're doing the entire timeline going back to the eighteen thirties. Uh, but all the way up through, you know, from eight, 1985 when Bells was started and then 97 when Founders and New Holland started. Um, and then, you know, the explosion of craft breweries over the last 20 years is all part of the historical timeline. And then the travel segments is actually going in to these breweries, seeing how they're unique, um, what they do differently, meeting the owners and head brewers and staff members and customers and and really just kind of uh, enjoying ourselves. So that's actually my favorite part of traveling to see the other breweries is or all the breweries is just to see how different they all are and how they have their own unique stamp in their community. I love that. Um, are you going to touch on any other forms of alcohol in the documentary or are you just going to stick with beer? You know, only when it, uh, we will, we will touch on it, but we're not covering any cideries or meaderies or wine or anything like that. Um, Several of the breweries also do uh, also are distilleries. Um, so we will cover it a little bit as it relates to the breweries, but beer is our main focus. Um, I've kind of been joking with people because obviously trends change all the time and seltzer is a big thing now. Um, I'm not a big seltzer guy myself. I personally think it's kind of a fad. I mean, no one <laughs> talks about Zima anymore. So, um, I think it's going to come and go, you know, the, the other thing is beer was the first one, right? It was the very first one. Um, it's always going to be with us. Um, I, I kind of knew this beforehand, but I've had a couple of historians just give it to me in our interviews, uh, without any prompting, but civilization may have started because of beer. I don't know if you guys have heard that before, but, um, turns out all over the world, as soon as um, people started settling down, there's evidence of beer right away. And they, a lot of people used to think it was they, that we settled down because of bread, but beer actually predates bread by a couple thousand years. So it was a highly desirable product that people wanted a consistent uh, supply of. And it may be one of the reasons that we actually 
formed cities in the first place. Um, so it, it's kind of a, a cool fact. And um, I think beer is, it's pretty universal and it's something that, that really makes us human. So. That's for sure. Do you have any soft spots personally for any other type of alcohol? Uh, I like whiskeys and bourbons and scotch. Um, that's kind of my go-to. I like tequila in the summertime. Um, I do like a glass of red wine with dinner, uh, things like that. But, um, you know, if you, if you caught me on a random day, I'm probably drinking a beer. So if you're, uh, if you're watching on the video, which of course, all of our videos are on youtube.com forward slash better on draft. Uh, you might've seen that I got up real quick. And the reason for that is, is that as you were talking about kind of how beer, you know, settlements and everything like that, there is a book. Um, and it is a fun book to read, which is called The Comic Book Story of Beer. And this is a great resource, uh, not necessarily for historical reasons, but it's also the fact that it is in full comic book form. Uh, oh, so cool. if you are like me, who is not necessarily very good at reading books, would prefer audiobooks versus reading, um, it goes through everything from getting paid in beer, the Egyptians, obviously, uh, the presidential election to end prohibition and fun stuff like that. So go check out. Uh, they don't sponsor us. We don't get anything from this. I don't get anything from this. Uh, but the comic book story of beer is a great resource to kind of get a more international history of beer. Uh, back to you, Wendy. That sounds so, like a cool Christmas uh, present to give somebody, to be honest. I know. I was like, how do I not have that already? But uh, Ken's a little nerdier than I am when it comes to stuff like that. There was, I went to, so in Michigan, there's a uh, comic book company called the Vault of Midnight. Uh, there's one in Detroit, one in Ann Arbor. And when I went to the Detroit one, there was three of these. There was the comic book of beer, the comic book of wrestling, and the comic book of video games. And for those who listen to the show, that is basically me in a circle. That is a <laughs> Venn diagram of three things that basically make a circle. So I bought all three. I have all three. They're all spread out throughout the house. Uh, but the beer ones with all my beer uh, books behind me on my bookshelf. <laughs> so through your chats with all of the brewers that you've gone through so far, um, what do you see in the future of craft beer? Maybe a new style or a new brewery concept? I do think that people are going to continue to innovate. Uh, a lot of people have talked about that. Um, I also think, I know there's been a dip um, and the dip even started kind of before COVID um, when it comes to uh, consumption of craft beer. But I also think it is still relatively new category. Um, it wasn't even legal until a couple of decades ago. Um, 1978 is when Jimmy Carter uh, signed HR 1337, which legalized homebrewing. And then uh, the first microbrewery licenses started uh, being issued in the early 80s. Um, and so, yeah, um, I think it's something that, you know, we grew up with. Um, and in terms of market share, I don't think they're even close. Uh, when they keep chipping away at big domestic beer, I think the category is certainly going to continue to grow. Um, so I think the future is great. Um, like I said, I think these fads like seltzers and things tend to come and go, but beers, beers are always going to be here. Um, and, and the fact that we're legally allowed to uh, make, produce, and sell craft beer um, that I think we can all agree and probably your, your audience agrees 
just is is just really better than than the the big three. So um, so yeah, I think the future is bright. So uh, on the show here recently, we've talked about uh, venues where they should sell beer. Ken is a big proponent of there should be a bar in the hospital. Um, I there was just a laundromat that opened up with one. Um, what venue do you think sh- they should sell beer at that they don't currently? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, college football games. Um, I th- I believe Michigan State started doing it, and I know Michigan is talking about it right now. Um, there's pros and cons. Obviously, they don't want students or or people to to get too drunk at those games. Uh, but I, I've heard the alternative to that is maybe it will cut down on binge drinking before they go in. You know what I mean? If you know you have to sit in a cold stadium for four hours without a beer, uh, you're not, you know, you, you might be chugging too many before you walk in, where if you know you can buy a couple while you're there, um, it may it may smooth things out. But I don't think we're really going to know until they try it. Um, there but. was uh, there was a study. Only one study has been done on alcohol drinking in a facility, and this was for um, colleges in Canada. Uh, where they did this, it's the only study that's ever been done on this. So even the current uh, high or college campuses that allow for drinking at the games, because Big Ten just approved it but other colleges have allowed it for a little bit um i agree with you but my friend who is such a he is a traffic nerd um he is a, has a doctorate and his dissertation was on michigan lefts um that is not a joke there is no pun line he, his dissertation which he defended is on michigan lefts um I'm a fan uh, is, of michigan it, is is against it and he uh talks about like there there really isn't enough data and i believe the same as you i believe that i think it will curb the binge drinking outside of the stadium knowing that you can go because you're going to chug that last beer you're going to take a beer for the road you know when you walk into the game you're going to chug an extra beer before you get into the game like all these things lead up to it and i think having the beer inside the stadiums or alcohol inside the stadiums um won't curb, I would say, binge drinking, but I think it will help alleviate um, and elongate when cut people drink, knowing full well, like, you know, we're we're all of age, meaning that when we go tailgate, we could go drink at the the venue. So we don't have to chug, drink, and do everything. Um, so I, again, I agree with you. Um, some people who are in the, the traffic world do not, because of course they believe in a world with no, uh, you know, drunk driving or anything like that. Um, so of course they're going to be against it. Uh, Judy in our Facebook page said, Ikea, uh, getting a beer before you, maybe a beer before you get into Ikea, maybe, you know, one, as you get out halfway point. I like love it, but I never make it out of the maze. I think I think a bar in the halfway point, like one at the beginning, one in the the halfway point, and then maybe one at checkout when you're going to find your things in the <laughs> the giant area. I believe in this. Oh, go on. What about Meyer? I wouldn't mind having a beer while I'm walking around shopping for groceries. Right. 
Yeah, that would. I remember bad. Whole Foods. Whole Foods in Detroit had it for a little bit, and I think they ended it. Um, but Giant Eagles in Ohio, a lot of them allow it, where you can drink while you're uh, shopping, and a lot of them had a little cup holder for your beer Correct. in your shopping cart. Makes sense to me. Horax in Lansing and Grand Rapids allows you to oh, drink true. while you're true. shopping. It was fantastic. I had a blast. Mm-hmm. Bought a little more than I probably should have, but that's why. Uh, it works. The tag, the Tagger Brew account. I'm guessing that might be Debbie, uh, former guest of the Better on Draft podcast, said like beer inside the stadiums. Would love to see them source local craft beers, uh, which I definitely agree with. And Gary is saying, you know, airport beers. Um, I, I think we get beers in the airport. We get the. I may, oh, you know, he thinks maybe getting a beer to walk the airport, so you know, you don't have to stay in the bar. Maybe that's right. what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. Like it, it wouldn't be too bad to be able to like grab a beer. Cause I got to go all the way to the end of uh, the Delta terminal. And instead of taking the, the air tram, I want to walk it. So maybe that's good. So uh, as we end each and every show, um, we're going to give you the opportunity. We'll make sure your information of course is in the show notes, including the Indiegogo uh, website in case you want to donate and support uh, the craft brewery. But we like to ask a fun question, a question that kind of uh, lightens the mood before we go. Uh, so my question to you, Keith, uh, it is the winter beer fest. We are outside in the elements. You can face me one-on-one in a fun drinking game of either cornhole or foaling. What are you going to play me in? Cornhole. I'm I'm pretty good. Not going to lie. All right. Yep. All right. Do, do you practice? Do you have a, a set at home or is I it just one have, of those? I, I actually built my own boards. Um, All right. And they're my, my, my dad painted them for me. So I've got a vintage Michigan logo on one and a vintage Michigan state logo on the other. So uh, yeah, something we like to do all summer and uh, just a fun game and really wouldn't ever do it without a beer. So that's, that's the way to go. Right. You can only, you know, hang <laughs> in one hand, beer in the other. Uh-huh. Wendy, what's your final so question? My final question for the night is if um, you were to get more funding than you expected, what would you add that you don't already have in the plan for view, for recording? I think if I if I exceeded my fundraising goal, I would spend the, the remainder on marketing. So, uh, and we do have a plan for that experience Grand Rapids and some other people are going to come in. Uh, once, once we actually get distribution to really get it out there, but, uh, um, you know, marketing does not hurt. It's also, uh, an area that a lot of indie filmmakers don't think about when they make it. Um, there's really nothing left over and they've made their movie and they get distribution, but the distributors generally don't do that for you. Um, so it would be helpful to have, you know, a billboard campaign, um, some targeted advertising, things like that. So. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, here is your time for advertising prowess, your 30-second elevator pitch. Tell us where we can find you. Yeah, if if anybody wants to uh, to watch that sizzle reel again, um, and for more information on our Beer City USA documentary, you can go to beercityusa.tv. 
That is going to do it for the Michigan Beer Series, episode 42. My name is Ken. For my co-host, Wendy, for our guest, Keith, thank you so much for joining us on this Friday night. And no matter what you think of your beer, we think it's better on draft. Have a good night. Cheers. Thank you, guys.